Welcome to our study with Song of Solomon, finishing off chapter four, Growing with Christ. This last section I've entitled The Blessings of Being a Christian. And I think this is really important for us to have a handle on. A garden locked is my sister, my bride. A rock garden locked, a spring sealed up. What's he saying? We're protected. John chapter 10, 28. I give eternal life to them. They will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. That's that garden locked. Now that's not saying we can't jump out of Christ's hand and, and throw away our salvation. But he's saying you're protected when you remain faithful to me. Right? And, and we're guaranteed a supply of the word of God. Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth will pass away. My words will not pass away. We're that spring sealed up. In 4.14 of John, the water I gave him will become in him a well of water, springing up to eternal life. We're so blessed to have this. Your shoots are an orchard of pomegranates with choice fruits, hena, nard, saffron, calamus, cinnamon, frankincense, myrrh, aloes. Now catch this. Nine specific plants are, are mentioned right here, which correspond to what I believe the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. And you need to take this and put it in the chart of love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness. And when you line it up, now what we've done here is you look at the pomegranate and we've, we've noted the medicinal purposes from each of all of these plants is registered here to show how important these plants are. And it's interesting to note these plants give you the medicinal purposes from either their berries or from their flowers or from their fruit. You don't have to kill the plant. The plant is always regenerating these medicinal purposes. So if you understand that with the plants, you understand that with love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness. You want to take on the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You want to learn to develop this because it will not only help you to grow and to heal, but it's more so it's going to help your friends to grow and to heal. And that's the important thing of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It, it's a job that we've got to get going because it's healing us as well as our friends and loved ones. And then he finishes 14 along with all the finest spices. In Romans 12, 6 to 8 says, We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy, serving, teaching, exhorting, giving, leading, merciful. Seven gifts. Those seven gifts are found today inside the church. And you've got one of these gifts. And you need to figure out that gift. And you need to put that gift to work. So not only do you have, and each one of us has, all nine fruits of the Holy Spirit, which are for a blessing for other people as well as ourselves, but we have a gift, and this gift is a blessing for the church, for the church to grow. And these are blessings that God is giving to the church. Now, there are two plants that are mentioned that I haven't talked about yet. And the first one is the lily. And I find this is really fascinating, but I didn't want to talk about it until we got into this chapter here. Like a lily among thorns, so is my darling among the maidens. Well, when you look it up, it's the Helriki lily, which is popular along the coast in Israel. And that's the lily he's talking about. 
What does this lily actually look like and how does it compare to us? This is a super neat chart. The lily's flowers are a bright scarlet. Christians are a bright scarlet because we're washed in the blood. The lily flowers, they're trumpet shaped. We have a trumpet to blow and that's called the gospel. They have an unpleasant aroma. We have the smell of death for those that don't like the gospel or a smell of life for those who do accept the gospel. The flower always hangs upside down. Christians need to have the same humility in the way we reach out to people with love. And then there's racemes of flowers on each of the plants. There's multiple ones. Well, when you look at the church, we're multiple members. And so the lily really fits and describes the Christians very well. What kills the lily is too much water. What kills the Christian is too much milk. You got to get into the meat of God's word or else you're going to perish. It grows in any soil condition, full or partial light. Christians thrive in any condition in the world out there. And this is the most important and fascinating one. Of all the fruits of the Holy Spirit, of all those nine plants that were mentioned, they survive when you take parts of them for medicinal purposes. But the lily, only the bulb is used for medicinal purposes, which means you have to kill the plant so that it will help save others and then it'll be a blessing to others. And Christians, you gotta die to yourself before you can help reach out and help other people. So I find the Helriki lily has so many similarities between us and it's such a beautiful example. The mandrakes is the one that we see at the very end, chapter seven, verse 13. And this is the most abused one because every time I look at uh, notes or commentaries, they always say, the mandrakes have given forth fragrance, which means there's love in the air. It's the springtime and everything's happy. Wrong. Mandrakes are from the nightshade family. Mandrakes represent superstition. Mandrakes represent idolatry. In Genesis chapter 30, Rachel hasn't been able to get pregnant. Leah's having all the kids. Reuben comes in the field with mandrakes in hand and she cuts a deal with Leah. I want the mandrakes because she thinks mandrakes makes you pregnant and you can have Jacob. Leah's going, you're an idiot. She makes the deal. She gets Jacob and she gets pregnant. Rachel, she gets the mandrakes and she gets nothing. Mandrakes represent idolatry. They, for, for medicinal purposes, they are a hallucinogenic. Sometimes used for pain. But the important thing to note here is in large quantities, they're poisonous. And it doesn't take a lot to kill people. So most people don't mess with mandrakes because they're too dangerous to use. The world offers us idolatry and it puts us to sleep. Mandrakes are bad news and we'll understand why he's using that in chapter 7 verse 13. It's not for the fact that there's love in the air, but the fact that the world's falling into idolatry. And that's the important thing to note when we get there. Okay, finish this thing off. Verse 15, you are a garden spring, a well of living waters. Jesus says, he who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. 
But this he spoke of the Spirit with, with whom those who believed in him would, were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. When Jesus is glorified, when he dies on the cross and ascends into heaven, then he sends the Holy Spirit down at the day of Pentecost. And when a person is immersed into the waters for, for forgiveness, he receives the gift of the Holy Spirit. When you get the gift of the Holy Spirit, now those waters become living waters and you have an indwelling of a Holy Spirit. And, and that's important to note. And streams flowing from Lebanon. This is kind of cool. Because Lebanon represents darkness. So we've got within ourselves that spring of water. We've got the Word of God made alive because we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So what's the streams from Lebanon? Well, that's the teachings of the world. We're living in the world and we need to understand the teachings of the world. Paul says, though I'm free from all men, I have made myself a slave to all so that I may win more. To the Jews I became as a Jew, so I might win Jews. To the, those of the law, I became without, without the law, I became as one without the law, to win them. There's nothing wrong with studying things of the world. As a matter of fact, it's important for our kids to go to universities, to become lawyers and doctors and, and whatever field, because we need Christians in all the fields. We can't be afraid of the teachings of the world. It's kind of like Daniel in chapter 1. When he went down to Babylon, he went to the university that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. But he remained faithful and strong to God. And he came out ten times smarter than anybody else. Because of his faith with God, God blessed him with, with understanding and wisdom of the world. And that's what he's saying. We need to take the stuff from the world and we can put it to good use. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. Well, we need to understand the good of this knowledge, not the evil. And we need it to put it to good use and, and, and take advantage of it. And that's the wisdom that we need to get. And so we need to understand that. There's nothing wrong with the kids going to universities or college. They need to be solidly grounded in the Word of God and they will uh, succeed in, in greater ways. So what do we see here at the end? We've just seen all these blessings for all Christians. Because now that you're a Christian, you need to understand you've got protection. You're a garden locked. You've got full supply of the Word of God because you're a spring sealed up. Daily renewal comes from the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Living water, living water because we have an indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And wisdom, yeah, we, we've got wisdom to use the worldly teachings for our advantage of bringing glory to God. Song of Solomon chapter 4 is such an encouragement. It's words of encouragement before you become a Christian to understand that God identifies your efforts. Words of encouragement or expectations of Christians. When you become a Christian, get away from the world of darkness and the blessings that God bestows upon us so that we are now capable of doing great deeds for God and bring the glory to God. And that's where we'll leave Song of Songs. Chapter 4. Thank you.